This is the Benson Gregory Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Your support means a lot. Now, here's your host. Hi, I am Benson Gregory. Our special guest this week is Rob Harlemert. He is the lead pastor of Elevate Christian Church here in Lexington. Rob, thanks for being with us. Thanks for inviting me on. It's a follow-up to our interview that we had just almost a year ago. You guys were a brand new church plant right here in Lexington, just starting up. And now here you are, just past your one-year anniversary. So welcome back and happy anniversary. Yeah, thanks for inviting back and thanks for the the one year. It's been a, it's been a crazy year. Uh, you did something that is not a advisable at all. You started planting a church during a pandemic. Yeah, it's real smart. That doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. You probably didn't know that pandemic was coming when you started planting a church, did you? No, no. We started in 2018 planning for it. And we announced in 2020 on the first Sunday of that year that we were going to plant. And uh, what, March? Was it March? End of March when everything kind of shut down. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of stopped planning for about six months because we had to figure out the church that I was working at, what what we were going to do. And yeah, it got weird, didn't it? Cause, yeah. Because yeah. the church you were working at was the church I was attending. Um, uh, we didn't know what was happening almost from Sunday to Sunday because the situation on the news, the situation with the governor's office, with everything was just constantly changing. We just, we had no idea. Yeah, we didn't know. And so we could just kind of pause everything I was asked to just kind of pause and nobody was taking my calls anyways. Like I couldn't plan. So we just kind of, we kind of worked and figured that out. And then, um, in the fall when we, things were at least Sunday morning wise, we're kind of going back to normal. I, I could kind of sneak back into, well, I have less than a year before we plant. So I probably should start figuring this out. Yeah. And you said, uh, before we started recording that there, you were looking for places, and couldn't even find anybody that would even talk to you about the possibility of the future in renting. Yeah. When I, when we talked to like the school, like the traditional places that people plant. So like movie theaters, school, I don't know, a bunch of other places. They all were like, yeah, we're not doing that. And then they love the idea of not having groups. And they're like, we might ever, we might never do groups again, Mm -hmm. which I don't blame them. Group doing groups is not overly fun and coordinating and getting money and all that stuff is, Sure. It's kind of a headache. Like yeah. it's just extra stuff. And but since then, yeah, we've had like three or four churches in the past couple months plant and they're all in those they're all in those places that like we wanted to be in in the original uh, a year ago. Um but God's blessed us uh tremendously. So I I'm not I can't complain about it. Well, I mean in their defense, we we had no idea what was going on. And we we were being told constantly that you know this is everything has changed. This is the new normal. This is how things are going to be going forward. Yeah. Which fortunately is not how it turned out to be. But for a while there, it's how it really looked like things were going to be is like, this is never going to end. Yeah. This is something that we were just going to hear about, I guess, constantly. And I guess our first six months of the church plant, I think I was just kidding myself thinking that things were normal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking back, especially, especially that, like that first month that we planned, man, we had a lot of people that were sick that were connected with us or going to our church and then kind of pick back up around Christmas time again of people, you know, getting sick, getting, not knowing what was going on in, with their jobs, like just random stuff. And I think I was just like happy that, you know, the church plant was happening and I probably brushed it off a little too quick. But now looking back a year, I was like, man, that was that was really hard. <laughs> I would say it was. I mean, people were unsure on their own jobs. 
And if you're not sure about your job, your giving is going to be directly affected. If your job has been cut off for an extended period of time, there were a lot of problems with people not getting their unemployment. And that, that was a huge issue. I think a lot, it's not in the media now anymore, but there, there was a long period of time there where people were not getting unemployment checks and those stimulus checks were small. Yeah. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Like that wasn't, um, yeah, finances were the last thing I was thinking about, which is probably not smart, but I, <laughs> I was just thinking about individual beings with anxiety and frustration. Now we did have a couple of good things. Like we had a couple of babies that were born during that time, which made it, you know, really exciting. And you know, we had obviously people joining the church throughout the, so we had like distracting things that were really good, but man, there were some tough moments mm-hmm. in, in, in that time. And, well, it was difficult for a normal church or a church, an established church to navigate. Yeah. And here you are trying to start a church. Yeah. It's not smart. Yeah. I, we recently went to, um, there's an organization in central Kentucky that heavily supported us called men for Christ. And you know, I got up on my year anniversary and I said, thank you so much for supporting us and supporting my silly idea of planning a church during COVID. And everyone started laughing. I was like, I guess I'm a sucker for pain and suffering. But, you know, we all joke about this stuff. But if you look back, you see how God was working the entire way, how the blessings came at the end of every frustrating moment. Um, I mean, you can go down the line of finances, location, people we worked with in our location, partners that we that kind of came on over the year of just seeing what we were doing and really enjoying and, and realizing that it's a good thing of what we were doing, believing in church planning again, believing in the local church again. Uh, there's just a lot of good stuff that, that I'm very thankful, even though it was tough, that I got to go through. What I think is neat about situations like that, uh, a friend of mine said, you know, the cool thing is once you're through whatever the situation is that God's bringing you through, people are going to look at it and know that you didn't do it, that clearly God had to do it. That yeah. God, God had a huge hand in that, that it wasn't your doing because you're not that wise. You weren't plotting that course. You you weren't thinking 18 steps ahead. God yeah. was handling all that for you. Yeah. The church I came from, the the people who planted that church still work there. And they said, just plan on all of your plans not working. Mm-hmm. And they planted in 2008, which was during a recession. So that was hard too. But they, they didn't have a disease that was you know pushing against them um, or an ailment. And they're right. Even nothing went as planned. Nothing. Even our secondary plan of COVID plan, church plant, didn't go as planned. <laughs> and it's probably just because you know God's plan is better than our plan. So it doesn't matter what plans that we have. He's just going to push his plan forward and we just kind of along for the ride in a lot of aspects. Yeah, so in some ways that's absolutely true. Uh, Probably, we we yeah. kind of glossed over exactly where you ended up because you ended up in a great space. You were hoping for somewhere between what Tate's Creek road and Harrodsburg or Versailles road, like so, somewhere in that neighborhood. So Is it was right? the South end of town somewhere between Harrodsburg and Nicholson road. Okay. Not all the way to Tate's Creek. Okay. So yeah. Cause we have a, we have a Christian church out there off Tate's Creek Road, Tate's right. Creek Christian, um, and two of the Christian churches that were kind of meeting in that south side of Lexington um, had since closed. Uh, one that was around for 40 years ended up closing um, before before COVID. So there's kind of like this gap in our, our Christian churches, and there wasn't that actually that many churches. Lexington has a lot of churches, but in that area, it was just, it's just neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Just neighborhoods, the mall... Uh, the airport and Keeneland, that's it. And so we thought it'd be a good idea for us to plant in that area. 
So you started looking around in that area, looking yep. for somewhere to go, and you found a great space. Yeah, we, we ended up being at Lexington Christian Academy. We're still there, and we still plan on being there for for a while. And the the headmaster and the operations director, like they really were looking and praying for somebody to be in the building and talk about Jesus because they, you know, they talk about Jesus all week long and they're like, you know, the weekend, this place isn't being used for Jesus. And whenever we came about, it was like an instant yes. Mm -hmm. And they've been a huge, great partner. They allow us to kind of help in the schools a little bit. We, we lead worship for chapels and if they need anything with their tech stuff, we, we try to help as much as possible. It's been a really cool partnership so far. And uh, they're even giving you or you're getting office space. Yeah, it's looking like we're going to be they have a really old building in the front of their property that hasn't been used for over 30 years. And they've been looking to figure out what to use with it. So they're it's looking like we're probably going to be in that spot where we have to renovate it and and make it our offices. So we're going to be right there where we have church and it's right behind Fayette Mall. So we can get to Harrisburg and Nicholson Road real quick and mm-hmm. have all of our meetings. It doesn't feel like we have to go up and down and over to get anywhere. Like we're we're in the center of literally everything, which is really nice. So it's a great location that you were hoping for. It's an, a, a really nice facility yep. that is very well maintained, uh, that they're investing in as they're continuing to grow. Yes. So and then it gives it, a good, like you said, at least six day a week purpose. So yeah. that, talk about a great ideal perfectly designed relationship yeah it was it was fantastic because we and we were when all those places said that they weren't going to host groups anymore we met with so many different places Mm -hmm. and all of them were undersized Mm -hmm. like we with the 32 people we had before the plant we would have outgrown it in a week like if any visitor came it would be uncomfortably small Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm not having two services with 50 people like that's 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 not, doesn't make any sense. So we just kept looking. We're like, God's going to take care of us. God's going to take care of us. And we signed with them two week, two months before we, before we planted. Wow. Like we didn't know. So your launch was coming in two months before you didn't no. have a place. We had no idea. You didn't need to know yet. No, I guess not. Which was frustrating. <laughs> I wish we knew before because we had a conversation with them the week, the last week of school. And they're like, Hey, let us get through. Like, you can come look at it, but you know, we let's get through school. We got beginning of summers, all vacations. And then, you know, at the end of June, early July, let's, let's kind of get together and mm-hmm. we'll figure this out. And I'm like sweating. I'm like, if this doesn't work, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, so it all worked out. And I'm, I'm very, I'm very thankful uh, that God uh, was in control and I'm not. So on Sunday mornings, 1030, that is when uh, you're meeting at uh, LCA now in the chapel. Yes. And so here we are a year, a little bit over a year, a couple of weeks past a year into it. Uh, What are you thinking is probably the biggest thing that you learned in the past year based on, because I know you went to all this church planting stuff. You went through all the church training stuff. You were mentored by two church planters. So you were prepared to plant a church in a pre-pandemic world. Yes. So now you could write the book on church planting post pandemic or certainly during a pandemic. So what, what have you learned? What's the biggest difference? What was the biggest twist? So when I talked to all the older church planters, I like how I say older, all the people <laughs> that planted like before, right before 2010. So like the, the 15, 20 year old churches, 
Um, all the guys that I look up to and loved what they did, the guys who came to our Bible colleges and spoke, the guys who did camp and stuff like that, who planted churches, they were all about generating buzz around their church before they started. So they did like big events. They did uh fundraise not fundraising events but they go and like try to serve in a very popular location to get their name out uh, they they used to teach and it's still relevant now but they try to get three to five touches on an individual to try to mm-hmm. have them come on the first sunday mm-hmm. um, they would put out ads in the newspaper to talk about how different they are but for us you know we're we felt kind of weird about putting our name out there when our government is telling us not to overly gather. Right. We're supposed to separate. So we're trying to play this game of like, how do we encourage that church is very, very important, but we don't want to sound like the negative Nancy of Lexington that is potentially going completely against what our governor is saying. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we scrapped all that. So we're not going to put our name out there in that way. What we're going to do is we're just going to take care of pastoral care of individually caring about the people that have committed. And we're going to, in every conversation that we can just be overly loving in that way. And it's a slow growth aspect. Mm -hmm. So we knew on our first Sunday, we were not going to have 500 people, we're going to have 300 people. We were hoping for about 60 people of just people that we were able to have contact with individual contact with on a small scale. And almost all those people came. Mm -hmm. So we had about between 60 and 70 people on our launch day. And we thought that was really successful. But you're in a space that could accommodate. Yeah. The space has 650 seats or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was COVID. So we were supposed to social distance. Everybody was supposed to space out a little bit. So it worked. Yeah. We kind of leaned into that. We're like, you know, if, if you haven't been to church in a while or your church is closed or anything like you can come here and feel safe because, um, you know, you could, you could be three, four rows from people and not even talk to people or not even come in contact with people. And And there's multiple entrances into the auditorium. Yeah. So you could come in through one of the side entrances, sit off in the corner. Yeah. Feel like you were there, be a part of it, but at the same time, stay as far away as you feel like you need to. Yeah. We had a lot of people who worked in school systems that had to be overly careful. Um, people that worked in the medical field, people that worked with patients that are sick, like, and they still felt comfortable coming, which, which was really good. I didn't want to alienate Mm -hmm. anybody. So for the entire year, we had pipe and drape that kind of blocked off some things, but we took the, the center rows and we probably had 250 seats close, maybe close to 300 seats for 50 people Mm -hmm. or 60 people or 70 people, which you could spread out quite a bit with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I made a decision. Uh, This might be my my elders and and leaders say that this is my passive aggressive side of controlling people without (laughs) telling them to do anything. So I took fabric. uh, They designed it for church plants and I covered the back section Uh on year one. Uh-huh. So everybody is together up front yep. and we have about 120 seats maybe mm-hmm. for about 50 people, 50, 60 people. Mm-hmm. And it's just nice to be together again. Yep. I love it. And it's, it's my favorite thing about Sundays. Uh huh. So the church we're running about 50, 60 right now, you said? Uh, we're about uh, 70, 80 70, right 80. now. We started with 32 and after a year about when everybody, when everybody shows up now, that's hard. That doesn't always happen. Well, you know? yeah. 
70 to 80 people when it's not fall break or summer break or, you know, just the normal week, we about 70 to 80 people is what. Now, when I say that, if you come and you don't have any kids, it's not 70 or 80 adults. Right. We have like 20 to 25 kids. It's a huge children's ministry. We have, and they're all under like three. So <laughs> we have a ton of babies. We got more coming and we have a, a lot of young, um, a, long, a lot of young families. And, and that was our goal. Like we wanted to be the next Christian church to reach the young millennial family. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say young millennial family, millennials are having kids that are, you know, a lot later in life. Millennial is, I think, 42 42 now. I'm not sure when the younger, the, the younger cutoff. So when I say young families, they're not, they're not 20 year olds. They're, they're in their thirties and young forties. And mm-hmm. that's what our, and that's what our church is. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like it's an interesting mix to me of, of uh, almost an even spread from the older group all the way down. I like how you say older. Well, I, I mean, it's older. It's not old. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. You're right? right. Yeah. Am I wrong? At that? No, you're right. Yeah. Mid forties to um, yeah. a lot of young thirties, a lot of young thirties. And we have a couple like right out of college so, um, as well, who, who are great volunteers. Um, but that mid 30 is where, is where we're at. So Gen X is represented, just not in just huge a little numbers bit. and it's primarily that millennial crowd. Yeah. That, that was our goal. We saw a huge divide of, of millennials having kids and not being a part of church. And Lexington's weird. It seems like Lexington's like this big Christian town, but only 18% of people go to church. Okay, dive into that. That was Sunday. If you're just joining us on the radio, by the way, Rob Harlemert is our guest today, and he's the lead pastor of uh, Elevate Christian Church, which meets at LCA on uh, Sunday mornings at 1030 uh, in the chapel over there. Uh, You're invited to come. Uh, But Sunday, you were talking, uh, I think it was this past Sunday, you threw out some numbers that uh, really surprised me about the the amount of people in Lexington who are consider themselves Christian and and who are actively involved in church. It was very low. It was low numbers. Yes. Yeah. So it's, there was a, there was a number that was thrown out a couple years ago before COVID that was 20, a little over 25%. And that was people who identified as having faith. So, I mean, that's, that's everything. Like you got Muslims, Jews, Catholics, Christians, and everywhere in between of, 25% 25% of people, and that is a minimum of going to a gathering once a month. Mm-hmm. That is considered. And they did a little bit more deep dive into some of these major cities in, in every state. And ours came out about 18% of Christians in the post-pandemic area that go and attend church. And, you know, in our when I can, I can think of our Christian churches, a lot of our Christian churches are down. If you talk to a lot of ministers, they're like, you know, we're not back to where we were before COVID. Um, I can't talk about the Catholic churches and, and mm-hmm. the Baptists and the Methodists and the Disciples of Christ. I don't really know, but I would assume that they're struggling the same way that our Christian churches are, where we're just not back to where we were, mm-hmm. um, number-wise, like people in the seats. And that just showed, you know, as our church, how important it was to gather together. We need to, we need to continue to meet. We need to continue to church, church plant. Like that was, that was something that was really important. And I'm glad that we talked about that. We got to talk about that on Sunday morning of the importance. What you're talking about is uh, evangelism within our society, that our churches are the best they've ever been. Mm-hmm. We have the best tech we've ever been. We have the best musicians we've ever had. We have the best speakers that we've ever had. We have the best children's ministry, youth ministry, everything. 
But the one place that we've seen a big decline in in our churches is evangelism. Mm-hmm. And if we don't continue to share our faith with our brothers and sisters that we interact with on every day, then we're not going to have a church in 50 years. And that's kind of a neat segue because I, I want to dive into that so deep, but we, we've got like 10 minutes left. But we could spend the rest of the day talking about correct. Yeah, we could the why that has happened, what what has shifted in the focus of churches, uh, where evangelism has just become second or third priority because it seems like the main priority is the Sunday morning service and and all of that. But you dive into that in great detail, and you have been on on your weekly podcast. Yeah, I try to do that. I try to talk about just current day Christian church or just church issues. And I try to, we we're really quick to point the finger and say like, this is wrong in our churches, mm-hmm. but we don't always replace it with, with what's right. Um, so I try to take my, my podcast every Wednesday and I, I highlight something that, that might be going on in the church or something that the old um, people that started the church in biblical times, the things that they struggle with and how it relates to us, but what are we supposed to do instead and um, we kind of see that in our in our churches. I say that when a church plant happens, when you get like two, three, four ministers deep, so you're on your fourth minister, eventually you start hiring people because of preferences. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't hire a, a senior minister or a youth minister that wouldn't fit in with your people, right? So whenever it gets to that point, it's really just a preference church. Like we know what type of music we like. We, we know what type of sermons we like. We know what type of children's and youth ministries and Bible studies, like this is who we are. Right. And that's not a bad thing because there's people that you will reach because of that. But there's also a large group of people that you will never reach. Mm-hmm. And that's why church planning is so important because you take a group of people and they start from new. There's no preferences. Like you got nothing. You don't, you haven't figured out what works and doesn't work yet. And that's why we continue, continually need to do these church plants uh, because there's, if we just had a hundred churches, but they all had their preferences, we're still going to miss a big group of people. And as long as we continue to church plant, we'll continue to reach those people that don't have a place to worship yet. So it's sort of deconstruction is a big word right now. It's a big buzzword. Everybody's talking deconstruction. And uh, I'm, I'm fascinated with it myself because you're, there's a lot of different sides to it. But part of what you're talking about is there's a lot of people just tearing down, a lot of people trying to destroy the church because they've had bad experiences, they've had hurt feelings, they were abused by the system or an individual or something. And a lot of bad stuff has happened for sure, absolutely, yes. under the guise of church. Um, but they're using that as they're, they're painting with a very broad brush. And they're attacking all that seems of Christianity in the process. You are embracing a deconstruction to some degree as an opportunity to talk about why we're doing what we're doing and to make sure that we're doing the things we're supposed to be doing, like just stripping back to the gospels, to the, yeah. to the church and acts. I'm, I'm perfectly okay with a lot of the deconstruction. The reason people don't like it is because it, it doesn't feel good to be told that you're not doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like something that you love the church. We love the church. And when somebody points a finger at it and says, it's not good, like that hurts your feelings. So I get why people get frustrated, but on the, on the other side, we, we praise people who deconstruct outside of the church. So you have somebody like Steve jobs who looked at a normal phone and said, 
Now we're going to strip it back and we're going to make it better. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, you're using a Mac. I have a, we both have Macs in our, in our pockets. I mean, they're, they're literally everywhere in the United States. It's like one of the, either the first or second phone that's used the, the iPhone. And they were almost out of business. And they, yeah, exactly. But it took one guy looking at the status quo and saying, it's not good enough. And I'm going to, I'm going to just release everything about the phone and I'm going to start from scratch and maybe we can build something that's really cool. Mm-hmm. You see that with the car industry. You see that with everything tech. Um, you see the guy who flew for the very first time. He looked at trains and, and basic cars and was like, man, I think we can fly. And mm-hmm. everybody's like, why? And he's like, because we can get there faster. Mm-hmm. And we went from having this wood plane that flew like 10 feet off the ground for a football field to being on the moon within like, 60 years, 70 years. Yeah. It was not very long at all. I know. And it just took people like, you know what? I'm not okay with where we're at. We need to make it better. Mm-hmm. And I, and if you bring it back to the church, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people saying, you know what? I think the church can be better. I think the church can be better with people. I think people, I think church can be better with the way that we, the way that we worship, the way that we give, the way that we spend money, the, the way that ministers, um, our professionals. Like I, I think overall we should always want to get better. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't just be stuck in our, this is the way it's always been type of church. So there are some people that just want to be angry to be angry and we just let them be angry. That's okay. But there's a big group of people. I think a larger group of people that are deeply desiring to have a deeper relationship with Jesus. And they kind of want to bypass what their church is. And we need to grab a hold of those people and be able to answer every question and love them mm-hmm. because they're actually searching for something great. And I want to be a part of that. I think that encourages depth in the individual who's going to church too. If you're able to answer those questions, if people come to you with genuine objections to, well, why do you do this? How is it, you know, this way? Yeah. Um, being able to answer those questions. And I think in a lot of the cases, people are not able to, and that's part of what makes them mad that yeah. puts them off. That makes them upset about the whole deconstruction movement. I love to be like, you know what? I don't know. Why, I don't know why we do that. Like if we have something now, there's not much of that in our church plan. I was going to say, not, not, <laughs> not at elevate. Cause we don't, we're very simple in, in the way that we worship on Sundays, but some of these churches that are 50, 60 years old. And you say like, man, why do they, why do they do that? Why do they do that? Like my favorite story I love telling was there was a church um, for the longest time, would put a cloth over their communion table. Oh yes, have you heard this story? I, I've heard. I think so, I've yeah, I think yeah, I've shared yeah, it yeah. on Sunday. And one day, they just somebody's like, "Why do we put this cloth on?" They just decided not to put the cloth over the communion table, and everybody was in an uproar. But nobody could tell why. Like it's obviously not a biblical thing. Like the, there's right. no covering of the communion. A communion is hardly talked about in scripture, so we have very little to know about that. And it came out the some older lady in the congregation said, Oh yeah, we started putting the tablecloth over the communion because there were flies that were trying to eat the little pieces of bread Mm -hmm. and try to drink the juice. And they just, you know, AC came in, they got a better building, they moved locations, no flies, but But they just kept doing it because it was tradition. And it's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with those traditions. I love some of those traditions. I love some of the music that I grew up singing. Do we do that? Do we do that music today? Not really. And that's okay. Like I can listen to that in my car um, on the way here, Uh, but there's nothing wrong with, with asking why and getting a different answer. How do people find your podcast? 
So if you um, search my name, Rob Harlemert, in any podcast, you can find it. It's called The Rooted Podcast by Rob Harlemert. And uh, every Wednesday, or I try every Wednesday, some people get mad at me. Sometimes I've scheduled things or vacations. I, I do not try to make up that week. I don't. I, um, or you just start at a weird time instead of the assigned time. I try not to. I, I try to eight eight thirty. I try to do go live. The podcast will come up a couple minutes later after I upload it. Um, but you know, nine nine ten o'clock, you can find a new upload on Wednesdays, and we just talk about church stuff. And I, I've been really enjoying doing that, and I've loved having conversations like this surrounding some of the topics that I that I come up with on uh, during the week or when I'm half asleep. It's a, it's a lot of fun and it's all very biblically based. Yes, that's the point of it. So it's called rooted because uh, we believe that if we are rooted in Scripture, um, no matter what's happening in our life, in and out of season, we can emulate Jesus. Um, if we're not rooted in Scripture, we're not rooted in the Holy Spirit. Then in our in our worst times, we won't act like Jesus. So we need to be rooted as as deep as we can in Scripture. Awesome! Check out the podcast. I'll put a link to it in show notes at my website. BensonGregory.com, Rob Harlemert, lead pastor of Elevate Christian Church. Thank you so much for coming in to be the guest today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I always love doing podcasting and talking about church. It's my favorite thing. Thanks to Rob for coming in and spending some time with us. Please visit my website, BensonGregory.com. That's B-E-N-S-O-N-G-R-E-G-O-R-Y.com. We're going to have links on there to Rob's podcast. We're going to have links to Elevate Christian Church on there. And of course, you'll be able to listen to this audio again should you want to. Thanks for listening. This is the Benson Gregory Podcast. Your support means a lot. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Thank you for listening.